Well, I want to share with the, uh, from the Word of God tonight. And, you know, I wrestled a little bit with, with what to teach, not because I didn't have things to teach, just because, uh, you know, I, I have been in uh, the mode of teaching and encouraging you where your faith's concerned for several weeks. And, you know, I don't like to stay on one topic too long, but I know something about you and I, we leak. You know, we, we just, we need reminded, we need stirred up. We, 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 uh, and by, by leaking, I mean we, we let our faith dwindle and, and we get sometimes other things plugged in and we need to be strengthened and encouraged uh, in the Word of God. We need to be strengthened and encouraged in, in uh, our faith so that we can walk at that highest level to receive. You know, there's, there's one thing I don't want to ever, I don't want to get to heaven and realize I, I left possibilities on the table. I, I want to do and receive and, and walk in everything that God's provided for me. And thank God for, for uh, our covenant blessings and what God has done and what God has provided. And You know, I'm, I'm just going to uh, read uh, Matthew. You can turn to Matthew chapter 21. Uh, I've called this Faith from God's Word Part 2. We talked about this last week. We're going to look at, at, at the life of Abraham again a little bit. But I want to get into some things that, that I just believe just it, it's stirs my faith to, to have an expectation for God to do things that are beyond what I can, I can do on my own. Isn't that what God wanted to do all the time? And when Jesus walked this earth, I asked you last week, I said, what, what is this book and, and the Bible? It's the Word of God. We, we all said that. We agreed with that. But it's also the will of God. If you want to know what God's desire, His heart, His will for His people is, or, or, and, and allowing it to speak into your life, you can read it and understand that God will show you His will for you. And so, uh, in, this, in this passage in um, uh, Matthew 21, Jesus has just got done cursing the, the fig tree. You remember the story where he's, they're passing by this fig tree and it didn't have fruit on it, and He, he cursed the fig tree. Now, He wasn't just into just killing trees to be killing trees. There was a point to this, and he cursed it to show them the power of their, their words and their ability to say, because he comes back in verse 18, early in the morning, as Jesus was on his way back to the city, he was hungry, and seeing a, a fig tree by the road, he went up to it, and he found nothing on it except leaves. Then he said to it, May you never bear fruit again. Immediately the tree withered. The disciples saw this, and they were amazed. How did the fig tree wither so quickly, they asked. Now, if you look at this over in uh, Mark 11, it, it, it doesn't happen as fast. You say, well, you know, there you go. The Bible doesn't even, it doesn't even line up. Well, when these were written, they were a long time uh, later. And, and you've got to understand, you've got different men with different personalities and different things are, are stand out in their minds as, as valuable. Uh, uh, you, you can have uh, three or four people see uh, an accident take place from different angles and they're all going to see different things from it. And that's a little bit of why there's a, there's a difference here. The other difference is, is that the, the thing that was, imp that was most important to Matthew may have been a little bit different in, at where Mark was concerned. and So he emphasized, spent more time in, in laying the whole picture out. It's funny how uh, some of the one, one gospel will have the real short version. Another version will have the long version. And, and you know how it is when somebody's telling a story. You know, I told the, the joke that time about this uh, woman, uh, two, two women meeting, and somebody got, one of them got their hair cut and uh, said, 
oh my goodness, your hair looks so wonderful. What did they do? And they go into this big, long dissertation about what happened at the beauty shop and the haircut and everything. And then uh, two men uh, meet up and they said, you got a haircut? Yep. You know, sometimes it may just be the, the difference in personality. They're going to give the big version or the short version. I usually give the big version. I tell the, the story with, with a lot of color to it, see? And, and that's all right. But uh, that's, the, that's the difference sometimes in this. But notice, it doesn't matter how quick it withered. I mean, it was like a 24 or 48 hour period, the way Mark tells it. The, the, the point is, Jesus cursed the fig, fig tree and it withered. That's the point, okay? So we, we can take that away from it. But notice in, in both places, verse 21, Jesus replied, Truly I tell you that if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but you can also say to this mountain, Go throw yourself into the sea, and it'll be done. And if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask in prayer. And so, uh, this again is, is the same thing as over there in Mark chapter 11, verse 23 and 24. A little bit different way that he says it, but the same thing is, he says, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can have your prayers answered. Now, that is a loaded statement right there. I mean, I, I, I tell you what, you could, you could take that and run with it and fall flat. But you can also take that and apply the Word of God through that and understand that Jesus is trying to teach them that you ought to expect for your prayers to get results. You know, one of the things that I never uh, apologize for in preaching about faith or encouraging people to, to believe for impossibilities, believe that when we're praying that something's going to happen, is, is whenever I begin to see the results. When the praise, uh, the prayer requests turn into praise reports. And it's not because of my, my preaching particularly. It's because the atmosphere of us beginning to expect God to do something. And I'm not saying everybody doesn't do that. But I have been places or I've talked to people where they, 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 they're so consumed with everything that's around them that they struggle to believe. And listen, that's normal. That's natural. We're natural beings. I mean, it's not easy to, to believe God to do something that is a, that's impossible with man. But that's what Jesus is saying. He said that impossibility, you can't change the, uh, uh, curse that fig tree. You can't move that mountain. He's not talking about those physical things so much. Is that, that we get to a place that we, that we have a faith to pray and know we're getting results. I'll give you one example. Uh, if, we learn, if we learn how to pray from a position of faith, we're, we're learning to pray from a position of knowing what God's will, His heart, His desire, His plan is. And when we don't know, then we can back up and say, Lord, show me Your will. Lord, I want Your best. And, and we ought to always say, God, I, 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 don't, I can't. We're not telling God what to do. But we ought to desire to know His will, pray His will in a line and in accordance with that so that we can get our prayers answered. Man, what a difference that can make. I want to be able to move the mountains in my life. I want to be able to move the mountains in your life. But if, if I can only do so much, I can stand with you in prayer. But if I can get you to agree, you to believe, yes, God can take care of this issue even though the doctors say it can't. God can show me the way 
even when I have no clue. And when we can begin to pray from that position, man, we begin, we begin to get results. So I just challenge you to, to, to uh, continue to be open to uh, allowing God to show you where your areas of faith are. You know, here's, here, there's, a, there's a little litmus test here. One of the values of, of understanding this scripture, looking at this scripture that I see is, is that I can use it to ask myself, where am I at when I pray? Am I believing or am I doubting? Now, I started to tell you a story and I, got, I, I almost got sidetracked. See, the other day I had a, 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 a prayer request. There's, a, there's some, a family that we've ministered to uh, through... Uh, I, when I used to travel and through High Call Ministries, we've known them for years and, and uh, they've, they've traveled with their business, their ministry, but they're in Nebraska and they usually tune in on my, uh, we do a, uh, every morning at 6.30 on High Call Ministries Facebook page, we do a prayer time. And I, well, I've, it's more of a teaching time now, but uh, we began that during Easter. I've done that every day, Monday through Friday, 6.30 in the morning. And uh, if you want to tune in there and get a little teaching and a little prayer, we pray. Well, this lady messaged me, and she said my son, her adult son, was going in for cancer treatments, or cancer check, a test. They thought he had cancer. All the signs, all the symptoms were saying that he had cancer. In fact, I think they'd done some low-level tests or whatever that had said he had cancer. And I began, I, so I, she said, pray for no cancer. Pray, I think she said, for no cancer. Well, I started to pray a certain way. And something on the inside of me, and I'm typing the prayer in, in a text, something inside me said, I mean, just the Lord, the way to pray, and I've had this happen more than once, no cancer in Jesus' name, exclamation point. That's all I said. Now, I started to say, well, we'll pray for the wisdom for the doctors like we always believe God for. I started to pray different things. But my faith, that's where my faith was, and I believe that's where her faith was. That's where his faith was. They weren't wanting to find anything, and it wasn't from a position of, nobody wants to find that, right? We all want that prayer to answer, but she knew that's where her faith was. We prayed together for that, and she got come back, and they, they, the test said, no, no cancer. But they said they still are concerned about the lymph nodes. We need to check in the lymph nodes. So I, I messaged her back on the, again. I said, again, no cancer. Not given any room. No cancer. Now listen, I don't have the, I don't have the power to tell God how to do his, his business. I wish I could. I wish I could just, man, I'd heal, I'd heal everybody if I could. I can't. I'm not the healer. But we, can, but we can come before God with that expectation, asking, okay, God, how do we approach this circumstance, this situation? How do we pray? So when we get ready to speak to the mountain or, or pray against that circumstance or whatever that is, we need to ask ourselves, okay, God, how are, we to, how are we to pray in this given situation? I don't understand how it all works all the time. I just try to be in the place I can be. I just try to be as sensitive to God as I can be. And I just try to pray within the faith that I have. See, there may be another time. I can tell you another, I can tell you a, a, another story. I was in Israel one time. And uh, there was a situation where God asked me in my prayer time, just, I mean, as clear as day, I heard Him say, I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but, and I, I wasn't ready. I was in doubt. I mean, there was a lot of doubt. When that, that opportunity presented itself, I fumbled. It, it, it wasn't like I needed to be. Now, so you say, well, why are you telling us 
your, your faults as well as your victories. See, the difference was, was where I was at in that moment of faith. And so I can ask myself, okay, if I'm not there, then God help me, like the, like the dad that brought the, you know, the boy and Jesus said, if you can believe anything is possible. And he said, I believe. But then he said, help my unbelief. See, we can go before God and say, God, what areas, where do I need to be where my faith is concerned? How can you help me get past those things? So I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 12. And I'm not going to go through this whole deal like I did last week. But I do want to just challenge you with this thought before we move into something else. Because Genesis chapter 12 is a, is a calling from God where God calls Abram at 75 years old. And he says... He calls him, it says in verse 1, Genesis 12, 1, The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, your father's household, to a land that I will show you. And, and the thing that I love about Abraham's life was it was a progression. It was a progression of faith. It, first, God asked him to go. He asked him to trust him. It's kind of like us when we get saved. You know, God didn't ask you to, to, to uh, get saved and immediately go on a mission field. He doesn't immediately tell you to, you know, sell everything you have and, and go to seminary or go to, uh, into the ministry somewhere. No, he, he leads us along. He progresses us. But if we dig our heels in and aren't willing to progress, then, then are we going to miss out on some of God's best and His blessing? See, I want to be walking in all that I can. See, He calls him, but then notice what He does when He calls him. He says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, I will, and you will be a blessing. I, I will bless those that bless you, I will curse those that curse you, and all the people of the earth in you, all the people of the, uh, all the, people of the earth will be blessed through you. I got to quoting it instead of reading it. I was quoting it out of the New King James. So it reverses that. But here, here's the thing. He, he gives him that blessing. See, the wonderful thing about that is, is that, that God begins to paint on the inside of us, when, he, when His Word comes to us, it begins to paint on the inside of us an image and an understanding that creates in us that ability to believe Him. You know, I, I don't know about you, but when I, when I uh, gave my heart to the Lord, I gave my heart to the Lord ma mainly to stay out of hell. I mean, I had, a, I had a, you know, some preachers that really preached a scary scenario, and I did not want to got, die and go to hell, okay? Has anybody else have been there? Is that, was, that, was, that, was that some of the way you was raised? You know, you, you, you went, you, I mean, it's beating on, and, and boy, I mean, making hell scary. And listen, I believe that if we all had a revelation of hell, we'd be more passionate about reaching people for, for Jesus. So it's a real, it's a real deal. But, I want, but as I learned who God was, I began to love God and realize the good things that I received in walking with God, the blessing that came and the benefits that came to where it was no longer just coming to God for, for uh, eternal life. It started to be a, a walk where He was involved in my everyday life. I began to, I began to see the difference in, in Him being involved in Every business transaction, every relationship, everything that I had. And so there was that, there's that process of, that progression of my faith in, in just relationship and connection with Him. See, He didn't get me to a point that I could, I could preach or move my family across the state when, when it wasn't all, things weren't, I mean, there's a lot of things that we did through a progression of time that set us up for walking in all that God has for us. 
But we, we, that's why I love Abraham's story, because he progresses. He doesn't just, he doesn't just uh, lay it out there and, and, and have, him, have him take his son to the altar and say, you know, sacrifice him like he did in Genesis 22. There was a whole lot of time in between there where God developed in him a faith to trust him and to know. And so uh, at, at 75 years old, he, he calls him, he gives him a blessing, and he says, go where I'm going to tell you, and Abraham just went. But it was pretty simple. I mean, you know, compared to what Abraham's going to experience, this was, a, this was a small beginning, but it demonstrated that faith. And in verse 15, or chapter 15, I'm just progressing on ahead to that. Uh, he, he says, then the Lord, after this, the Lord... The word of the Lord came to Abram. He was still Abram, not Abraham yet. He hadn't changed his name. And in a vision, and he tells him three things. He says, do not fear. I know we preached, I preached this last week. But I'm sure you've been through some things this week that you need to hear again, do not fear. And, it, and, and we need to hear over and over again, do not fear. Do not allow the, the enemy to hold us back. He says, do not fear. He says, I'm your shield. Now, what I love about the Word of God for me, the Word of God creates. On my, in my prayer time when I'm teaching in the mornings, and in that Bible study time, a lot of times I'll share personal ways that, that the Word of God has made a difference in my life. And I do that here too. But the Word, what did the Word do in Genesis? When God spoke, it created. He spoke the world into existence. When He's speaking into our lives, it's that living Word. But it, what does, what, why did Jesus teach in parables? He was creating an image. He was painting a picture. He was illustrating it. He was making it clear and He was making it plain. And, and that's, what, that's what I see right here. Do not be afraid. Well, you know, I think whenever Abram heard God say, Do not be afraid... He was seeing God taking care of the fears that he had. He'd, you'd immediately begin to see, God, you're, wanting to take care, you're going to take care of that, this, this fear I have. Then he says, I am your shield. Now, for a man living in a tent with all his family in a foreign country, with all these other people around, in a, in a, in a, um, you know, compared to what we're used to, a savage land, I mean, having God as your shield is a pretty big deal. That would ease a lot of the fears, wouldn't it? If you had God as your shield. But see, what we need to do and what, the, what faith in the Word of God and how the Word of God produces faith in us is when we begin to read a story of an account of a man of how many thousands of years ago, Bill? I don't mean, you know, 4,000 plus, 4,500 years, years ago, I don't know, when Abram was on the earth... A long time ago, we can read this story. This isn't just history. This is a living God dealing with a living man who that word is still alive and living. It still can be that rhema word to me today, you today, to say, I do not be afraid. I'm your shield. I'm tell you what, that just, whew, that just gets all over me. Because I'm seeing this, you know, nowadays we've got this, you know, you could have even the sound effects. You know, you could, but you know, you could see it, right? I mean, you can just start to see the shield. 
of God warding off and shielding. That's why I always say about people say, well, it's a flu season. It's going around. And I say, yeah, right around me. I'm not going to agree or, or, or get excited about the flu or, you know, start claiming the flu season, believing that I'm going to get the flu. I'm going to believe that it's going to stay out of way. But see, that's where I want to begin to, that's how, I, that's how I have faith to do that, is when I have a word that creates in me an image or a picture and an understanding of what my faith's saying about that shield, Him as my shield. What other things do you need shielded from? Sometimes I need shields, a shield from people. Not y'all. But, but people, y'all were waiting, wondering, what do I mean by that? Sometimes I need a shield from people who would come to, uh, to, to tear us down or, 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 or hold us back or, or what I mean. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to get into, I don't want to put too many thoughts in your heads. But you in some of your areas of life, maybe you need a shield from people that are negative. You know, I have gone into... Uh, hospital rooms before where a person had called and they were wanting to believe God. They were wanting prayer. And they were wanting to believe God to get out of that hospital bed and get through whatever they were going into. And, but their family was so negative. I mean, they couldn't say a positive word if it, you know, if it tried to crawl out of their mouth, they'd shut their mouth. They were so negative. And this isn't anybody, this isn't recent, okay? This is old time. This is from way back. Okay, but, but going into that situation, there would be times when I would, be, I would do kind of like Jesus did with J. Iris' family. He put all the negatives out. And I haven't ever, I don't think I've ever run people out of the hospital room, but I've sure enough wiggled my way in between them and, and this person. And if the spouse or, or maybe a child wanted to believe God or stand in prayer and trust God, we're going to get in between. We're going to separate that negative out if we can at all possible. Because it is so difficult to maintain that position of faith. So sometimes we need a shield from the negative outside. You know, you know one way to shield yourself be shut the TV off as far as fear is concerned. I mean, we've got to listen to, maybe got to listen to a little bit. I'm going to tell you what, it, I, I heard a, a psychiatrist was talking about it said, how can anybody stay alive when all they hear all day long is it's going to get you, it's going to get you, it's going to get you. Man, we got to feed. That's when we better double time on the Word of God that says God is my shield, God is my shield, God is my shield. He's my protector. I will not be afraid. He'll keep me safe. He'll keep me healed. He'll keep me whole. I made anybody mad yet? Come on now. And then he says, then he goes down here, he says, your great reward. Man, I'm telling you, I, I shared this last week, but I, I get, this just fires me up. When I start to think about what his, this is his promise to Abram. But he, he came to him and he said, in this vision, the word came, do not be afraid, I'm your shield, your very great reward. He didn't say just your reward. He didn't say your great reward. What did he say? Your very great reward. Now, see, 
That's the kind of God we need to get an image of and a picture of, is that God is that God who's a, He'll do it, well, Ephesians uh, 3.20, uh, exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or think. Now listen, that's not a pursuit of stuff, and that's not a get rich, I mean, it's not that. It is simply, though, that I want to see God, He wants to do, He wants to do just enough and then some. He wants to do just enough and then some and then a little, whole lot more if we'll allow Him to begin to do things in our life that's extra, that's even better. I, I, I've told the story, but we got ready to buy our, our property that we're living on now. We, we saw the, the place and we thought, oh man, this is maybe we get us a place out, out on the edge of town. Uh, we had, uh, uh, anyway, was wanting to get some uh, acres on the outside of town and it looked like maybe seven or eight acres or, or so and the house set way back off the road and no neighbors up close. I thought, Oh, great, I can build my arena right there. And I, you know, got a barn, there's a shop. I mean, this is awesome. And then we heard it, it was 50, 47 acres. And I was like, oh. I said, well, why wouldn't you be excited about that? I can't afford 47. At that time, we were like, we can't afford 47. That was my wife's side. I had to, yeah, you negative? She said, we can't afford that. I said, oh, I was Mr. Man of Faith on that moment. I said, no, what about the God we serve? Well, see, she just caught at a weak moment. I guarantee you she has just as much faith as I do. To, she's seen God do those amazing things all the way through. Well, first statement from the realtor was, don't you be trying to lowball. They've already lowballed. And we said, how, how long has it been on the market? Like 90 days or 120 days. I said, I think they might be ready for it. Well, anyway, we made an offer, a fair offer. But you know what happened right before we made our, right before we found the place, they just reduced the price. Then we came in and we made an offer. And then they found a little glitch in the abstract issue with a railroad right away, and they dropped the price another big chunk. See, that's God doing exceedingly abundantly above. That's God being our, a rewarder. Now, listen, you've got to understand something, though. For 30 years, 20, well, at that time, probably 25 years, we were trusting God with, for every house, for everything, we never let a house keep us from going where God said we could, uh, we should go. We never said, oh God, this, this house, I mean, a few houses, we were like, thank God we're getting out of this one. Uh, some of the houses that we've lived in, we've lived in 18, uh, by the way, in 33 years, 34 years of ministry. Uh, but in, in that time, there were some of those houses we were glad to get rid of. Some of them were really nice that God just provided for us in an amazing way. But this property, it was just, it was just that. Then we had to, it was just one thing after another for God to get us in there. See, when He's a rewarder, it's not that you get rich, but it's that God takes care of things in ways that's better than you could ever ask or think or imagine. I don't have to chase that stuff. It finds me because God's a rewarder. You say, well, I ain't never had that. Well, what's your expectation of God? What's your obedience and willingness to do as He Guides and instructs. And so I don't want to get into any more of that. But I just want you to see that he's painting an image of God as his rewarder. What an awesome thing. So if I just had those three things and that's nothing else, that would be a phenomenal thing. But he says, then, then Abram says, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since you're, I remain childless and the one, in my, uh, uh, one who will inherit is Eleazar of Damascus, my servant? And then notice he comes to God, sovereign Lord, he's honoring God still. But you remember, then he comes, he says, but there's a problem. There's a problem. 
And you know what he was asking God? He says, God, I trust you, but I can't see how. That's the way it happened with that house. We saw it. We found it. Sue found it, actually. And we, caught, we, we found out about it. And then all of a sudden we went, oh. That's kind of the way he was. God, this is a great promise, but how's this going to happen? I can't see it. See, that's part of that thing with faith. When I pray and I doubt, I'm in doubt, I can go back to God and say, God, I'm, ha- I'm struggling here. What can I gain? What can I have as a promise to give me the, the ability to pray from that position of faith? Where's, where's, my, where's my ability to, to say to the mountain, uh, uh, pray over that circumstance or that situation from that position of faith? Notice how God responds. God didn't criticize him, didn't judge him. He gave him a word in verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man is not your heir. And he, pro- and he gave him that promise. And notice, remember, he brought him outside and he told him to do what? Look up to the sky. Count the stars, if indeed you can, you can number them. And he said, he said to him, he spoke again, God speaking, so shall your offspring be. What did, what did he just do? He painted a picture with his word. On the inside, Abram went from, look, you've given me no... And I, I took you through all that last week, but he, he, you, look, you took me, look, you, you, I've got no children. Look, there's no way this can happen. Look, God. See, when we're in that place, what does God do? He takes us outside and says, look up. Or He takes us to the Word and says, yes, but. He, he takes us to His Word and brings a promise in so that we can then go from that, that place of doubt to that place of faith because the Word of God, just like it created the universe, this world, He can create, the Word of God can create in us that image and that faith to see us where we need to be. So that then whenever we begin to pray and we decide to pray, it's a from to- totally different perspective, totally different situation. He told him those things. He brought him outside. He began to change the situation and everything was transformed. Well. I just challenge you, and I'm going I'm to quit. I didn't even get into my new notes. That's not the first time that's ever happened, is it? But you know what? I, I, I believe, uh, I left here last week a little bit discouraged with communicating some of that. But you know what? I want, I got a lot of compliments, I mean, but, but sometimes I measure, I'm, I'm a little harder on myself than, than what uh, I need to be. But you know, if I could... If I could give each one of you that ability to go to before God in prayer and have faith, I'd do it. And I'm, I'm doing that with the Word of God. So you've got to ask yourself that question. God, if, if you have that er, those areas that you struggle in, God, what's your promise? What's your Word that's going to, that's going to speak to me to give me that ability to pray in faith? Give me that ability to grow where I need to grow. And you know what? God will begin to incrementally bring you along in, in different areas. I've seen it in a lot of you. A lot of you are growing. A lot of you are changing. A lot of you, God's doing some things in your lives. And, uh, and I believe the Word does that for us. So I just want to encourage you with that Word tonight. I just, I just believe that as we uh, pray in faith, that we begin to move those mountains. We begin to change those things. And so we can ask God to help us in those areas. Amen? Amen. All right. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you tonight. and.
And Lord, I thank You and I praise You that Your Word does create in us. When we read it, it's alive and it's living. And Lord, when, when You speak it to us, I thank You and I praise You that, that, that it does exactly that, begins to build our faith. Lord, Lord even when it's correcting us, when, when we're reading it and it's speaking to us in a way that corrects us, Lord, we can be encouraged to know that You only correct those that You love. Your Word says that. You only discipline, You only correct those that You love, the, Your own sons and daughters. And so, Lord, even in those times when, when it's, it's adjusting our life, that, Lord, You're adjusting our life so that You can be that rewarder, that blessing, that shield, that provider. And Father, I thank You for it. Lord God, I thank You and I praise You that it, all of this begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if there's anybody watching, anybody here, who's never made Jesus Christ the Lord of their lives, the most important thing that we do is, is come to this God who is a rewarder, a, a one who provides eternal life, freedom from fear. He, he it will be our shield and He is that one who provides and supplies. But Lord, it all begins with making a decision to surrender our life to Jesus Christ and say, Jesus, I believe that you're the Christ and that God raised you from the dead. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to forgive me to be my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. Change me into the person that I need to be. In Jesus' name, amen. You know